you set the expectation for how you expect them to treat you. And by not taking care of myself, I was telling them I'm not worthy of being taken care of. So you don't have to do it either. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But once I shifted all of that and realized I have to put effort into how I look and take care of myself because that is communicating. I value myself. I'm important. And if you don't value me and you don't think I'm important, you don't belong in my world. Welcome to Mindset Mastery. My guest today is personal style mentor and confidence coach, Yolandi Hamilton. Yolandi spent 16 years in the retail environment helping women make style decisions using her knowledge of fashion and marketing. She founded Hamilton Styling to serve as a personal style mentor and confidence coach for enterprising women to help them better understand themselves and their personal style. She combines psychological principles with styling theory and techniques to help women feel liberated, in control, and feel confident in their style, body, and life. She is on a mission to change the conversation we have with ourselves and each other about expressing ourselves and our own personal style. In this episode, we're talking about mental blocks that get in the way of our authentic style, how to develop confidence in expressing ourselves and mental states that can impact our style choices. Yolandi, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. It's such a pleasure to be here. So you founded your business, Hamilton Styling, to help women you know, as your personal style mentor and confidence coach. So how do you think those two things go hand in hand? I learned firsthand how they go together after I divorced in 2018. It was a really rough relationship. And throughout that time, I realized that I was really giving into the role of being a wife, a mom, a professional, and that all of those roles had specific ways that they needed to present themselves. Moms don't wear low cut tops and short skirts and professionals should be neat and buttoned up all the time. And I really found myself struggling with who am I as a human being when I divorced all of the internal self-work that I've been doing, lots of journaling, lots of rediscovering what lit me up as a person and realized that the clothes I was putting on my body, I was actively using to basically hide in plain sight, like oversized clothes, uh, pants that didn't fit. I still remember these horrible, horrible t-shirts that I wore. They were like a spandex fabric and they were shapeless. They didn't fit me very well. And I had them in multiple dismal colors, not even good colors. Like pea soup green was one that I had. It was terrible. And I wore these every day. And I realized that I wasn't showing up as confidently as I needed to be or as I wanted to be. And that how I was thinking about myself was really coming right through to these awful clothes that I was wearing on the outside. And then as I observed women in my everyday uh, job in retail up until the pandemic hit, I saw the exact same thought patterns that I can't wear this because I'm a certain age. I can't wear this because I'm too fat, too thin, too tall, too short. Like you can just throw any qualifier in that you want. And so I realized there is a huge connection between what our mind is thinking and how we're processing the environment. And the way that we are processing that is directly translating to the decisions we're making in our wardrobe when we get dressed in the morning. Mm. I think some people might think, oh, you know, it's just clothing. 
and it's not that important, but I think it really does have an impact what we have on the outside to how we feel on the inside. So let's talk about that kind of correlation, how you can boost your confidence just by dressing differently or vice versa. You can feel pretty crappy about yourself if you're always dressing down and like you said, just trying to hide in plain sight. Yeah. And thinking about the pandemic specifically, there's a really good example with that, with the way that being at home all the time, people fell into their sweats and like Zoom dressing, just dressing for the top half because that's all they could see. And there was a rebound, especially on uh, social media. You would see a lot of people like, I'm dopamine dressing now. And they would wear like bright colors and it was outlandish and wild and crazy, but it made them really happy. And they understood that there was a connection between when I look in the mirror and I see something that makes me smile, I feel good too. And so it took off for a while and you're not hearing about it as much anymore, but yeah, it was a big thing for a hot minute there. And I think that was a really good reflection and maybe even a a check-in for society to realize, okay, how I'm presenting myself really matters. And we can even take that a step further with uh, the psychological theory and clothed cognition. So I don't know if you've heard about that one. Have you heard that before? Only a little bit. So yeah, give me a rundown. Yeah. So the basic gist of it was that they did a study with uh, students. They put them in a white lab coat and they told them one group that it was a painter's coat, but they were doing some construction. They just needed to protect their clothes while giving them this fake tour or whatever it was they were doing. And then afterwards, they gave them a little quiz. They did the same thing with the second group and told them, oh, we have these old doctor's coats. These will protect you. Can you put on these doctor's coats? And they really emphasized painter's coats versus doctor's coats. And those who were told it was a doctor's coat, despite the fact that it was the same coat, scored higher on the tests. So what that really proves is everything in our environment, including our clothes, our brain, we assign um, meaning to. And we then take whatever that means and incorporate it into ourselves, even if it's just a little bit, which is why it's so important to make sure that the pieces you have in your wardrobe make you feel good about yourself, fit you properly and boost your confidence because you're gonna absorb those traits that you're putting on essentially. Yeah, that's a a really fascinating study. And like you said, your brain, it puts a meaning to something. Our brains put meaning to everything without us necessarily even wanting to or realizing that it's happening. So what can be some of the mental blocks or mental baggage that might prevent us from really, you know, buying the clothes we want, portraying the style we want and expressing ourselves the way that we feel on the inside? A perfect segue from (laughs) how our brain assigns meaning. I found uh, in working with clients and working with women every day, even before I founded my business, that we assimilate ideas, uh, concepts, and we turn them into beliefs. A belief is just a thought that you've had over and over again. And the same thing happens with appearance. Like I said in the beginning, I struggled with moms don't wear low-cut tops or short skirts. I realized that those were beliefs I had picked up, somebody had said at some point in my life and I heard it and went, oh, that's right. Moms don't wear that. And that just became the truth. Despite the fact that I don't actually believe that, I saw it in the environment. It was reflected back to me as, yeah, that's what's true. And so I went, okay, well, it must be true. But in reality, it's not true for me. 
And there are tons of those that like you can go through. Think about going shopping with your parents when you were a teenager and you found that really cool crop top and maybe dating myself here. <laughs> crop tops are now just coming back into style. And you walk out of the fitting room and they're like, you're not wearing that. You're too young to wear that. And then you grow up, you have children, you go shopping with them and they put on a crop top and you say the same thing when they're the same age, because that's what you were taught. And so we really have to be conscious when we look at someone or a piece of clothing and we think thoughts about their appearance. And then we have to think one step further. Why am I thinking that? And then we have to take that why I'm thinking that even one step further than that and think, is this a thought that originated from me or did I pick this up somewhere along the line? And that's where the real work begins. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I think we pick up anything that we might hear, even if it's like a, you know, a one-off comment from a friend or a family member that can stay with us for a really long time. Yeah, and I always say that trauma people expect to be this big neon elephant in the room covered in glitter that's very obvious and you can't ignore type of event but it can be just that very little when you were six and you decided you were going to wear a tutu and rain boots with a winter hat to school and your mom said you're not wearing that that looks crazy go put it back and dress presentably like that right there is technically a form of trauma, depending on how you, you interpret that. And if that sticks with you for a long time and you avoid dressing creatively and taking risks with your clothes, you play it safe, you probably had something like that happen to you when you were young and you may not even know it. And so it's all of those little moments in our life that really compound to create the beliefs that we have and keep us or push us toward dressing a certain way. And that there as well is that what can lead to a lack of confidence when we think, I want to change up my wardrobe. I want to have a personal style, but I have no idea what to do. I have no idea now how to dress the way you know, to express myself. Yeah. And I found with that, that there are so many, oh, how do I even want to put this? There are so many who tout it as a creative, like sport almost, like it's a creative talent. You either get it or you don't. And in truth, it's really like everything else. It is scientific when you boil it down. There are so many, only so many outfit combinations and there are only so many ways to wear clothes. And you can get slightly creative with how you wear some things like hacks are huge on Instagram. And the, honestly, they drive me crazy with doing things. I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. You just need one that fits. Uh, but that's a whole separate conversation. And <laughs> So like you can get creative when you get bored with something, but honestly, it's really just a skill set of that you have to practice over and over again with mixing and matching and finding, you know, ways that things work for you. And I even ended up in my process, breaking it down into a set of uh, five outfit formulas, which is really every combination of mixing clothes that you can think of. That's awesome. And it's, it's really almost scientific when you think about it. Yeah. Can we talk about your process? That's your mind, your style process. Can we dive into for a complete beginner, if even sure where to start with what you have in your wardrobe, or you want to do a refresh or whatever it might be, where can someone start? So I always start with where you are now. I have my clients journal their outfits for seven days and we look at what is it that you're wearing now? And we compare that 
to an ideal that they create in the beginning. So of course we may have some fun and make a Pinterest board. We look over those outfits, you write down some words that you would use to describe a style that you're looking for. And then you compare that to how you're dressing now and see how does that line up? If I'm saying I want to dress sophisticated and creative and neat, are the clothes you're wearing creative, sophisticated and neat? Or are they oversized, boring and sloppy? And so if you have an ideal in your mind, but you're not dressing to match that, the dissonance is going to drive you a little crazy. And you're not going to feel good about what you're wearing. Every time you walk past a mirror, you're going to think, oh, this is crappy and it sucks. And I wish I knew what to do. Well, really, like, you know what you want. Sometimes you just need a little guidance. So we start there and then we go through the whole belief systems and we dive into experiences that you've had, like I talked about with the galoshes and the tutu. Uh, if that was you, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about early style memories and instances where people complimented on your appearance or, you know, commented negatively on your appearance. How did that affect you? And then we move from there into the really fun stuff with cleaning out the closet, getting that organized, setting a routine. Because like I mentioned, style is a habit. So I create a routine based on your schedule to help you keep the habit going so that you're prepared. And once we do that, we'll do some shopping and then put it all together with things that are in your closet. And it all goes into a personalized guide. They're like 25 to 30 pages with everything that you've learned from your own private color story in your wardrobe to what your body shape is and how you can most effectively dress that to make it look the way you want it to, including accessorizing and things like that, your best silhouettes and shapes. And then it's all topped off with some hair and makeup tips. And I even have an expert makeup artist that I can recommend you to if you feel like you don't know anything about makeup and you want to know, she will teach you. That's fantastic. You talked about journaling as part of your process. And that's something that we talk a lot about on this show. If you want to get out of all the different mental blocks that you have built up over your lifetime, and you find you're struggling to get to your ideal style, you don't feel like you should dress like that, what kind of journaling techniques or other techniques would you use with your clients to help them move past that? So I have two exercises that are really my favorites. And I teach these that just about every masterclass and with every client that I have. And the first one is to just like free journal and style is, and then just write style is and whatever comes to mind and just write like for five minutes, as many as you can. And if you hit like minute three and you get stumped and you finally find like, okay, I've got nothing else, then you can stop. But then I want you to read over those and write the opposite. And that's really going to show you, okay, uh, style is hard. Style is expensive. Style is difficult. You just keep writing. And so then instead of style is hard, style is easy, but it makes you think, okay, which is part two of the exercise, style is hard. Why is style hard? And go at least three levels deep. Style is hard because, and that's hard because, and that is hard because. And it's really digging into those deep layers of pointing you in the direction of what that belief is that's blocking you. Because to say style is hard is pretty generic. But if style is hard because clothes don't fit, and that's hard because I don't know where to shop. And that's hard because I don't like shopping. Okay, what is it that happened that you don't like shopping for? Did you have a bad experience shopping? You got embarrassed with a parent. Like, 
in the fitting room example, maybe you were with friends and they said something that really embarrassed you. And so now you associate shopping with that negative experience and thus you hate shopping and style is hard. So it really is like a signpost pointing you in the direction of the belief that's holding you back. Yeah, I love that's a really good exercise. And, you know, you break it down to give yourself those answers. So for you, what was it that made you want to get into this line of work and help people with their style and confidence? Ooh, I don't know if we have enough time for this one. <laughs> the short version um, is that that awful marriage that I had left. And I always hesitate to say that it was abusive, but at, at the very core of it, there was some emotional abuse happening. And I felt like crud. I didn't feel like a worthy person and I didn't feel like I deserved to be seen. I didn't feel like I should be heard. I felt like I needed to disappear. And like I said, hide in plain sight. Like I still had to go to work. I still had to exist in the world, but I didn't want to draw any extra attention to myself because if I look nice, that might mean an argument. That might mean that, oh, who are you dressing up for? And why are you dressing up like that? You're only dressing up that way for attention. And it put me in this place of, like I said, really caving to the expectations that my partner at the time had on me. And not only him, a lot of others around, once you're you know, in a relationship and you're married, people start to say things like, when are you gonna have more kids? And like, when are you doing this thing and that thing? And shouldn't you be settling down and you guys shouldn't be going out as much? And it's okay, but why do you think that way? And without even questioning it, I had internalized all that to be true and basically took everything that was Yolandi and shoved it into a little box and put it away. And after the divorce, I realized that I had to open the box and I had to reacquaint myself with who is Yolandi? What makes her light up? What makes her dance? What makes her sing? What is beautiful about her inside and out? And it was a rough journey to figure out what makes me and what makes me feel worthy of a being a good person and what makes me feel like a good person. And I, took all that. And then, like I said, I started dating. So I was like, okay, well now I have to get dressed and be presentable and somewhat attractive to this prospective partner, which made me consider a whole separate aspect of myself. And the more I had to dig into that closet and pull out like these old clothes, things that I used to love wearing that I stopped wearing pretty dresses and lots of skirts. I love skirts and dresses. If you surf my Instagram, you'll hear me mention the story about 103 dresses, which I had at one point in time. We're down to 80 something, so that's <laughs> under control. But I pulled out all these dresses and I remember thinking, why did I stop wearing these? I love these so much. And I started putting them on and going out on these dates and having these conversations. And even if the date didn't go anywhere, I saw, okay. I dressed up really nice. I felt really good. We had a great conversation and I was able to share things about myself and who I am. And it made me realize that I was not putting enough care and attention into myself. And then on top of that, the reason I was attracting certain people was people treat you the way you treat yourself. 
you set the expectation for how you expect them to treat you. And by not taking care of myself, I was telling them I'm not worthy of being taken care of. So you don't have to do it either. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But once I shifted all of that and realized I have to put effort into how I look and take care of myself because that is communicating. I value myself. I'm important. And if you don't value me and you don't think I'm important, you don't belong in my world. And when I saw so many women coming into the stores that I was working at and saying the same things that I had personally felt right after my divorce, I knew there was something I needed to do about that because it's really a generational, like I said, we say things, we absorb these ideas and we pass them along. And I think by learning to really take care of ourselves, really embrace what makes us feel authentic and how we express that on the outside with our clothes and our appearance overall is crucial to helping young women develop their own sense of identity and carve out their own place in the world. And hopefully avoid relationships like I have found myself in. Mm, that is fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing that story. I think that's so yeah. powerful. And that's awesome that you chose to use your business to help people with that because I think, you know, you can look at style as a surface level, the clothes we wear, but I really love the point you make about this is the expectation that I have showing up. This is how I look after myself, saying the expectation for how others treat you. So yeah, appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah. And the funny part about that is my current fiance, we met on a dating app, Hinge, and he said that he swiped no on me like three times before because he saw me and he's, she's very pretty. She's very well dressed and put together. And I bet that she's very high maintenance and we probably won't have anything in common. <laughs> and then the third time around, he's like, all right. So he finally read through my profile and he's like, oh, she's a nerd like me. She likes to play video games and board games and D&D and watch old movies. Okay, maybe there's something here. And we ended up together and here we are now getting married, having a baby, all the good fun things. But yeah, see, even on the opposite side, like he had expectations of how I needed to be treated and it wasn't 100% true, but yes, I do take very good care of myself. And he was right about that. Yeah, that's great. It's like really, yeah, using that to communicate to the rest of the world, your authentic self. I think that's fantastic. When I started my first job, I think I probably had a bit of a preconceived thing that wasn't necessarily true, whereas I'm a camera operator. I'm in the background, like for working, I'm behind the camera, the journalist is in front of the camera. And that's how I dressed. I dressed down, just didn't put a lot of um, effort into that. And then coming out of that first job and slowly moving into the business that I have now where it's like a total 180 where it's like, well, I want to stand out and have a personality and a presence, but it was a bit of a, a strange shift from, oh, I belong in the background. So I'll dress for being in the background to being in front of the camera or being that recognizable person who now has pink hair. It's totally out there in comparison. I think it's so funny, the kind of things that we associate with the kind of job that we have or the role that we have. Absolutely. Do you have anything that you'd like to share to wrap up our whole conversation around our styling and expressing yourself? One piece of advice that you'd like our listeners to take away today? 
just stay true to yourself and do your best not to chase trends or the next shiny big object. This fashion and beauty industry specifically are so very good at making, especially women, feel terrible about themselves, like we're missing something and that we constantly need to shop because it's a new season, it's a holiday coming, whatever reason they can find to throw our way, it's time for you to go shopping. And you don't need to shop to find the missing piece. The missing piece that you're looking for is already there. You've got it. And you just have to rediscover it. That's awesome advice. And just finally, if people would like to connect with you or learn more about you or work with you, where can they go? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Hamilton Styling. That's where I spend the majority of my time. You can also connect with me in my private Facebook group at Thoughtful Style. That's Facebook groups dot facebook.com slash group slash thoughtful style. The link will be in the show notes. And then if you are ready to work with me, just send me a DM in one of those places or visit my website and you can get a button right there and go right to my calendar to schedule a call. And we'll talk about all your options, figure out what you need and find out how to move forward. Awesome. And you can definitely head to the show notes for all of those links. And Yolandi has some awesome resources and videos and content already on her socials. So you can find and follow all those things there. Yolandi, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Oh, it's been incredible. Thank you so much. If you'd like to connect with Yolandi, see more of her content or work with her, head down to the show notes below. And a special gift for listeners of this show, if you book a service with Yolandi and tell her you're a listener of Mindset Mastery, you will receive 5% off your service fee. Remember, the way you take care of yourself is the example you are setting for how you expect other people to treat you. If you've been enjoying the show, it would be awesome if you could leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. So more people like you can join us on this journey towards mindset mastery. Until next time, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.